Welcome to HealthCast, the heartbeat of health IT. I'm Alexander Bolova, production lead at GovCIO Media and Research. With me today is staff writer researcher, Nikki Henderson. Hi, Nikki. Hi there, Alex. You had the opportunity to chat with Dr. Susan Gregorik, Director of the Office of Data Science Strategy at NIH. How'd it go? It was amazing. Um, We had a great conversation. I really enjoyed talking with her. And the thing is, this conversation, she had lots of exciting news to share, not only about the new National Institutes of Health Strategic Plan for 2023 through 2028, but also other initiatives that are underway at the agency. And at the beginning of our conversation, Susan highlighted the key objectives of the new strategic plan that mainly focus on helping researchers generate and disseminate data that is fair. Um, She said they're also thinking about new opportunities for artificial intelligence and supporting a federated biomedical data research infrastructure. So Susan um, was also talking about the ways that the agency is promoting privacy and participant consent, which are a top priority for the new NIH director, Dr. Monica Bertinelli. So NIH has also formed a partnership with the National Science Foundation and other agencies to launch a program next year designed to give more AI capabilities to researchers. So I have to say there's, um, oh, it's a really exciting time over at NIH right now. Yeah, it sounds very exciting and very busy. A lot for you all to unpack in your conversation. Before we dive into your chat, NIH released its first strategic plan back in 2018. So what did Susan say were some of the key differences between the new plan and the old one? Well, some of the key differences that Susan pointed out were, um, there were a couple of things. Um, She said that this plan zeroes in on the agency's data management sharing policy with greater emphasis being put on common data elements and common standards, as well as more structured and fair data. She also said um, another top priority for this plan is, of course, AI. No surprise there. NIH plans to hire more candidates who are highly skilled in AI, and they also want to provide more hands-on AI training for the workforce they currently have in place. Gotcha. So I know that there is so much in this strategic plan, but I just wanted to highlight biomedical research and data, um, especially in relation to our talks about AI. So in what ways will the new strategic plan help to enhance biomedical research and boost accessibility to high-value data sets? Well, Alex, Susan talked about a major breakthrough on how researchers can now request genomics data in particular. The program is called the Database of Genotypes and Phenotypes, or dbGaP is what she called it. And the purpose of dbGaP is to record and disseminate data from multiple studies about the genotype and phenotype in humans. And the big deal here is that a data request used to take about 10 days or so, well, with dbGaP, a data request now takes only about an hour. So that's incredible, incredible news for NIH. And so overall, it just will significantly increase the accessibility data in a, in a timelier manner. Gotcha. 
Before we jump into your conversation, did Susan share any exciting news or talk about any future initiatives that she's really looking forward to? I mean, it sounds like there's a lot to look forward to, but anything in particular? Yes, she certainly did. Susan was very excited about the recently launched Rapid Acceleration Diagnostics Tribal Data Repository, NIH released this back on December 1st, and it was established following the challenges of limited access to COVID-19 tests in underserved communities. So Susan said, RADx is the first Indigenous sovereign data repository, which is fully supported according to Indigenous data principles. So it will help, really help address the impact of COVID-19 and other health disparities. But she also mentioned a really cool partnership between NIH and the National Science Foundation uh, to launch the National Artificial Intelligence Research Resource, or NAIR, pilot in January. It will give investigators who are interested in AI different data sets and AI capabilities in a variety of areas, including healthcare, climate, and energy, and it'll make it possible to have a large-scale AI model development. So she was very excited uh, to tell me about that as well. All right. Well, I'm excited to take a listen to your conversation. So let's not keep our listeners waiting. Let's dive into your interview. Dr. Susan Gregoric is here with us today. She's the Associate Director for Data Science and Director of the Office of Data Science Strategy at the National Institutes of Health. And she will be talking about the new NIH strategic plan for 2023 to 2028. Now, this is really exciting news. Next week, the Office of Data Science Strategy is publishing a request for information, which will release a draft of the new plan to the public and then invite public comment for up to three months. Susan will also talk about the agency's current data initiatives, as well as data priorities for 2024 and beyond. Hi there, Susan. Thank you so much for joining us on HealthCast. Hey, Nikki. It's great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. I'm super excited to talk to you today. Wonderful. I really appreciate that. Well, Susan, we'll go ahead and dive into our discussion. For many years, a top priority for NIH has been to share scientific data. So can you begin by highlighting some of the objectives of the 2023 to 2028 strategic plan and how will it accelerate the agency's mission of achieving better data sharing and management capabilities? Thanks so much, Nikki. Well, you're absolutely right. Uh, with the release of our final NIH data sharing and data management policy, which was released on January 25th, I believe, of this past year, 2023, our plan and our goal is to change the culture of data sharing to incentivize researchers to prospectively think about how they will manage and how they will share their research data by telling us when they write their applications for grants or for contracts or for other transactional authorities. This plan even is implemented within our NIH intramural research program. And through this plan, we hope that researchers will really think about how to make their data fair, findable, accessible, interoperable, and reusable, and share it for the greater use of all research. 
The 2023 to 2028 Strategic Plan for Data Science uh, places great emphasis on this policy on, and on data sharing and data management. In fact, our very first goal, goal one, is to support and sustain the capabilities of this policy to help researchers generate and disseminate data that's fair and in a manner that will foster greater sharing and add value to our NIH research investments. Within this plan, our ideas about uh, effective um, strategies for cost sharing, looking at sustainability of data and data resources, looking at how to secure data and maintain privacy and accessibility, and to uh, think about how we can support the biomedical data repositories and knowledge bases. Our second goal, goal two, really focuses on enhancing human-derived data for research. We're interested in supporting the acquisition and protection of data obtained from participants during the course of care, such as, for example, data derived from electronic healthcare records or other real-world data, including data captured outside of traditional um, healthcare settings. We want to promote privacy and also participant consent, and this is absolutely a priority of our new NIH director, Dr. Monica Bertinelli. These data are rich in biomedical context, and they paint a real holistic picture of human health during our course of care during our lifetimes. And so harnessing these data for biomedical research can truly unlock new advances in treatment and disease prevention. As um, not surprising, and it's on everybody's mind, is artificial intelligence. So goal three is thinking about new opportunities and new methods in artificial intelligence and computational um, biology. We want to harness the new innovations in, for example, large language models or foundational models to really build out on trustworthy AI, AI approaches that would reduce bias and risk that are also fair, that are validated, and that are explainable. We want to create opportunities for the exploration of these technologies and new computing paradigms for biomedical research. And thinking about um, data and data infrastructure and AI, our fourth goal supports a federated biomedical data research infrastructure. We know that researchers have challenges in finding and in accessing and comparing data from the many different NIH-supported databases, including those that have um, data on health outcomes and risk factors. We have over 253 petabytes of data supported in over 80 different cloud-based data platforms. So connecting these data platforms is really a key to our strategic plan to drive new data science innovations. And finally, and, and the most important goal really is to strengthen a broader community of data science. We want to dis decrease disparities across institutions and regions and global partners in data science. We truly believe that everybody has something to contribute to data science from the trainees who are just starting their careers to those who are advanced uh, scientists who want to learn a little bit more about the latest capabilities in analysis and AI. We want to reach all investigators and establish ways to contribute to data science that's aligned with our mission and within our Office, uh, office of Data Science Strategy. Thank you so much for noting that the, the strategic plan for data science uh, will be released, I believe, on December 19th, and we hope that listeners will uh, contribute to public comments through our request for information, and we'll make that public as soon as it is released. Awesome. Thank you so much, Susan, for highlighting the objectives of the new plan. That is indeed very exciting. Well, NIH released its first strategic plan for data science in June of 2018, 
So I wanted to know, can you point out some of the differences as well as similarities between this strategic plan and the previous one? Absolutely. And just a, a note of thanks to the many different colleagues at NIH. This is absolutely a group effort. All of our 27 institute centers and offices contributed language uh, into the strategic plan, making sure that this strategic plan will resonate with every institute center and office's own uh, strategic plan, because HIC Institute Center does release their own strategic plan. And it's truly been a joy working with, for example, the National Aging Institute as they are developing a strategic plan that aligns with this one. So I just want to, first of all, thank my colleagues who've contributed. Um, there's so many ways that this strategic plan is truly an update and a, a really an advance that builds off of what we've done starting in 2018. And here's some examples about how um, uh, how they're, they're updated or a little different. This strategic plan really does place the 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 NIH data management sharing policy front and foremost. And it identifies unique challenges or opportunities, particularly for human drive data. We've learned a lot since 2018. And for example, including social determinants of health or environmental determinants of health into an integrated uh, view of data really provides a rich context for how we can understand human health. Just for example, if you include social determinants of health, in your data models for uh, risk prediction for cardiovascular disease in African-Americans, it truly does improve the models of risk, risk prediction. And this has been published, I believe, in 2019. So we are taking advantage of these new ideas. We're stressing common data elements and, and common standards uh, because these capture data from healthcare settings in a structured way or from clinical studies in a structured way. So we really do want data to be structured, to be well used, and to be fair, including social determinants of health. And you'll see not too long from now another request for information on ways in which we can improve and structure common data elements. Some of those ideas are consistency across NIH in using common data elements. We'll want the community to give us feedback on what will be a proposed um, set of core common data elements that we can all use together. Oh, wow. Okay. And now when is that RFI coming? I believe it's going to probably be uh, in the early 2024, early to mid-January. We're working on it now um, and we hope to have it released. Everybody has to has to touch it and look at it. So I'm really hoping that it will be re released in early to mid-January. And you'll be able to view it from our website, the Office of Data Science Strategy, where many of the RFIs are linked or, or actually... Um, listed. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Susan. Well, how will the new plan help advance biomedical research and improve accessibility to high value data sets and data reuse? And do you anticipate any challenges uh, with the new plan? The best thing about challenges is that there are always opportunities. <laughs> so, and, and sometimes the hardest challenges are the best opportunities. So one of the hardest challenges um, that we've been working on really uh, since I started my role here in the um, Office of Data Science Strategy in September of 2019 was just getting um, researchers access to very many high value or high quality data sets that are controlled access data. This would be uh, data sets that underlie genomics data, for example, or other types of participant data, such as um, multi-omics data, imaging, or even uh, data drive from electronic healthcare records. Getting these data 
across many different institutes and centers is a challenge. And so we want to break down that barrier and that silo. I started this project um, with Patty Brennan. She's a close friend um, and was a dear colleague as the National Library of Medicine director. We work to streamline and make consistent capabilities uh, for data access across our NIH-supported data repositories. There are, as I said, over 80 of these. So I'm really pleased to tell you that in partnership with uh, the Cancer Institute, the Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, the uh, Drug Abuse Institute, uh, NIAAA, uh, Alcoholic Institute, and Aging and uh, Mental Health Institute, we have streamlined the way that researchers can request data, particularly genomics data. Now, this is all requested through dbGaP, so these are very much uh, focused on dbGaP processes. But we've reduced the time that researchers can request that data. Typically, the average time for data request was about 10 days. Now, if you request a data set um, from any one of these uh, institutes that are genomics data by dbGaP, the request time is less than an hour. So that's just one of the things that we've um, done and will continue to do that's built out on our new strategic plan for data science, because we really do want to create a fair enabled data ecosystem that breaks down the barriers and promotes greater findability and accessibility of these data. We know that researchers struggle to get the data in a timely fashion, and it's our goal to really provide them with high quality data really within a day. Wow, that is amazing. 10 days and now just an hour. That's awesome. That is yeah, awesome. Yeah, I want to just call out the group that's been working on this, Mike Fiola from dbGaP and Sue Chen from my office in particular, but all of the colleagues from the institutes play a significant role in, in really streamlining data access. And it was through the partnership with uh, Patty Brennan um, from the Library of Medicine. That's great to hear. Well, how does the new strategic plan address the integration of existing data management tools and the development of new ones? So some of the things that we're doing is, uh, for example, we want to um, develop uh, data management core capabilities in across our data ecosystem. So strengthening the, the core data management competencies of researchers, data stewards, data librarians, and, and even our own NIH staff. So for researchers, we want to uh, provide training on core data management sharing competencies for librarians and stewards promoting and enhancing fair data sharing at their institute. And then of course, um, providing training and additional capabilities to improve our own ability to assess and understand the data management sharing plans that will be coming in from researchers. We also want to provide credit and incentives for data sharing. Just as an example, um, we've partnered with uh, FASEB on the DataWorks uh, prize challenge that awards um, prize money to researcher teams who tell us the best ways that they've enabled data sharing and data reuse. We'll be announcing our 2023 uh, DataWorks Challenge prizes probably within a couple of weeks, I'd say early 2024, and then there'll be um, an award ceremony in the spring of 2024. So early congratulations to those winners. And that's just one of the ways that we're promoting incentives and credit for data sharing. Of course, we want to develop metrics to measure data sharing and data reuse and its impact. And then tools that will assist researchers in the process of preparing, annotating, and sharing their data. That's just some of the things that you can look forward to with this new strategic plan. Oh my gosh, that's great. 
giving the rewards, the incentives, and that that's awesome. I know you mentioned earlier about AI, but what role will artificial intelligence and machine learning play in the new strategic plan when it comes to data structures, computation, and modeling? Well, um, it's not going to be a surprise to anybody. We've all heard about the revolutionary technologies of generative AI. Maybe some of us have even used ChatGPT or BARD or DALI, among the many other online tools. <laughs> and it's, it's pretty exciting um, right now to be living in this world. But the application of these technologies in healthcare and research offers truly promising opportunities. For example, just to provide medical assistance to remote patients through AI-enabled medical devices to assist doctors in reducing administrative burden, for example, in uh, structured case reports, or promising new tools for researchers through for breakthrough. M many people may not realize this, but NIH, we are the largest funder of biomedical and behavioral research, um, and we do have a mission that is focused on ethical AI research. So I'd love to tell you just a few things that we are looking forward to with the new strategic plan is to really um, focus on recruiting data scientists who are skilled in, in AI to increase our hands-on training in these areas, um, to enhance our intramural computational environment, to take advantage of AI. So we are looking at, and most likely we'll set up a, a secure cloud-enabled generative AI space. And of course, we want to enhance and increase the researchers who can participate in the AI field, this is through our Aim Ahead program, as well as the communities who can add value to the development of AI algorithms through Aim Ahead. Um, so this is just some of the things that we're looking at uh, to advance our work in artificial intelligence. And, and I can tell you that over the past uh, four years, our funding for artificial intelligence has more than quadrupled. And that's before uh, President Biden um, AI Bill of Rights and before the new executive order on artificial intelligence, which will absolutely push this forward quite a bit. Wow. You weren't joking when you said this is exciting. I mean, this is a lot. And, and, it is a lot. Oh, wow. I guess it's wonderful. <laughs> You know, I should probably mention, um, because I know that it will be launched in January, that NIH is one of the partners um, with the lead agency, NSF, on the National AI Research Resource. So this will provide data sets and AI capabilities to researchers who are, researchers who are interested in, in artificial intelligence, not just in the healthcare and biomedical field, but in climate, in geological studies, in uh, energy. Uh, so there's going to be quite a bit of research, resources for investigators. We and NIH are partners with DOE on what's called NAIR Secure. That's a secure uh, computing environment for researchers to look at, for example, healthcare data or other DOE-related data. So the pilot will launch in January of 2024, and we're super pleased to be you know, a lead partner on the, what we call the NAIR, National AI Research Resource. Yes, and you said you're partnering with uh, NIH is partnering with NSF. NSF, DOE, NOAA, NASA, and I think other agencies are potentially coming in as well. So the, the National AI Research Resource uh, will hopefully go from pilot to a full-fledged resource over the course of the next two years. My gosh, this is amazing. I'm really looking forward to that. You'll have to revisit and uh, give us an update. <laughs> I will. And I'd love to bring, you know, if you have more than one person, I'd love to bring in some of the team from NIH's side, at least to talk about what they've done. It's really a remarkable collaboration 
um, led by, uh, for NIH's side, led by Laura Biven and Christine Cutlow, as well as a number of colleagues from the NCATS, uh, NIBIB, NIAID, and uh, NIMHD Minority Health. So the resources will be pretty extensive. Yes, yes, definitely. I would love to uh, for you to bring them on with you. That would be great. Yeah. Well, Susan, does this new plan include additional language around fair data, trust repositories, and data management policies? And will there be additional work on open data and common data elements? Absolutely. So, you know, though it's funny when you when you speak to, um, for example, climate scientists. Uh, who's, who start to get into data, health data, data, biomedical data, the first thing they tell us is, oh, your data is very diverse and it doesn't have just one format or one standard. And that's absolutely true. The size and the diversity of data collected and stored in biomedical behavior research is extremely, um, you know, extremely large and it just continues to grow. So our goal is to, you know, make these research data uh, fair and also to underscore the importance of the data repositories and knowledge bases which store and provide those data for researchers. So one of the things that we will be doing is to continue our strong support of data resources. Um, we do have two funding announcements that are out on the streets to support uh, both like well-established databases and knowledge bases as well as uh, early databases and knowledge bases asking these resources to comply with the FAIR and the trust principles to align with the OSTP desired characteristics for a data repository, and to um, think about ways in which they can uh, not only store, share, and validate data, but also um, ways to think about findability across resources, metrics that can be shared across resources. One of the things that I'm super excited about that we launched on December 1st, so just two weeks ago, I guess now, one week ago, is the um, RADx Tribal Data Repository. Uh, it is the first indigenous uh, sovereign data repository, uh, which is fully supported um, according to indigenous data uh, principles, the care principles. So those data will be managed and um, accessible through tribal data uh, processes. And I'm super excited to explore the idea of how uh, tribal peoples can uh, manage and share data according to their principles and um, priorities. So I, I can't wait to see how this um, will continue as it rolls out. Wow. Well, congratulations on that. That's that's wonderful. And you said it's called the RAD. What is it again? Can you? Oh, sorry. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is a COVID um, program that uh, <laughs> during COVID, we developed um, rapid accelerated diagnostics for testing for COVID. Well, during that COVID time, not only did we develop all these testing diagnostics, but we we collected a lot of data about COVID, about the ways in which it affects people, um, how people uh, are um, affected by long COVID, for example, how the testing devices work. We also collected a lot of COVID data from people. All that data is available to researchers. So um, that is one of the legacies of COVID is that we have made all of that data publicly available to researchers through the RADx Data Hub. We, we also worked with tribal communities on the same ideas, testing data, data, uh, how COVID affects populations in tribal communities. Those data are, are managed by the tribes through the RADx Tribal Data Repository. So they are in a different place, which will... Um, 
have uh, indigenous data governance. Researchers can still request access to it, but they will go through the tribal communities to do so. So that's that's sort of the difference. But all this COVID data is available for researchers, and it's just a fabulously diverse set of, of COVID data that uh, is available for the community to, to think about, not just about COVID, but just how does a pandemic the scale of COVID affect the U.S. population and what can we learn um, from our response uh, from it? Oh, wow. Susan, this is just, my next question is about future initiatives, but you have told me so many awesome things already about what you all are doing, what NIH is doing. And you said that particular pilot was launched December 1st. Is that right? Yep. Yep. We put the announcement out on December 1st. Um, and this is a strong partnership with the National Institute of Minority Health and Health Disparities, as well as our um, Tribal uh, Health Research Office. So this is a joint partnership with two important um, key partners here at NIH. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. Well, are there any future data initiatives at NIH that you're excited to talk about? I do want to... To tell you a little bit more about the National AI Research Resource, we're contributing a high number and quality data sets, including image data, immunology data, cancer, and data on many different chronic diseases, as well as a very large set of COVID data collected through the National Cohort uh, COVID Cohort Collaborative, the N3C, led by um, the NCATS Institute. And again, this is a partnership with DOE and NSF. At DOE and, and NIH are co-leading on NSecure. That's really to provide data drive from, for example, healthcare records, clinical images, and other health data in a secure and trustworthy enclave. So we're also providing AI-enabled infrastructures um, through the NAIR Open that's led by NSF, as well as other capabilities and training materials for large-scale AI model development. What we're excited about is that we truly do have expertise in interoperable data. We really do understand how to make health and biomedical data integrated through things like common data elements. I can tell you that the N3C, the data is harmonized to the OMOP model so that it is all comparable across the entire enclave. Um, we're also really excited uh, to think about new ways of, for AI compute um, through our data ecosystem. Um, we are a member of the NAIR Steering Committee. We help develop policies and programs and architectural principles for the NAIR. And our priority in the NAIR is to broaden the participation in data science, including enhancing trustworthy AI and aligning to um, the other principles of NAIR um, that we hope that will connect to new communities and new resources. So. That is something that is exciting. It's, it's not in the new strategic plan for data science, but it is something that we will work together with many agencies to ensure that it's a successful pilot. Oh, wow. And you said that's already been launched or that will be launched in early, early next year? It'll be launched early next year. Okay. Um, and you'll want to look for that announcement um, led by NSF, but we'll certainly echo the announcement, as I will assume other agencies also will echo the announcement. Awesome. Well, that that is indeed very exciting news. And before we wrap up our conversation, Susan, I just wanted to know, I'll give you the opportunity uh, for you to share any final comments or remarks with our listeners. It's a really exciting time to be at NIH, our new director, Dr. Monica Brutinelli, 
is truly committed to fair and equitable data science and artificial intelligence, among many other priorities. Uh, I work closely with her on ideas about um, health-related data science that really puts participant participation as a front goal and as a priority goal. That has been a goal of mine for years, and I'm so happy to work with her on her vision uh, for data science, particularly in improving health and clinical data. So I think that the community writ large can really get behind uh, Dr. Brignelli and her, her new vision, um, not just for data science, but for NIH. And, and with that, I am so pleased to be here. I hope that you'll invite myself and maybe some of my colleagues to come and tell you about the progress and the work and the exciting outcomes that we've achieved. Yes, I would love to have you back and definitely your colleagues, um, especially after the this project and NAIR launches, the pilot, and just to update us so other fun. exciting things you're working on. So that would be wonderful. Well, I really, it's just a pleasure talking with you, Susan. You just shared so much great information with us today. So I really, really do appreciate that. And I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you so much, Nikki. Me too. Thank you, Nikki. That was a great chat with Susan. Before we let our listeners go, are there any last highlights or takeaways that you want to leave them with? Well, I just want everyone to just realize, I mean, there really is a big push at NIH for improving the data sharing process and providing quick access to data and having just more fair data overall. So I believe that NIH will definitely be able to achieve their objectives with this new strategic plan. So that's that's really exciting. And another exciting thing is that NIH has a new director, Dr. Monica Bertinoli, whose priorities are aligned with the new strategic plan. So that's another big plus for them. And the agency has the new Radix Tribal Data Repository, the NAIR project, NAIR pilot that they're launching with NSF and um, NOAA and NASA as well in January. So it's really, really exciting all the way around. And Susan, get this, Susan said she would be more than happy to come back along with some of her colleagues and give an update on the NAIR pilot and some of the other initiatives that they're working on. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, we always welcome our guests returning to give us updates and insights to what they're working on. So we look forward to having Dr. Susan Gregoric back. Nikki, thank you so much. Listeners can tune in in two weeks for a brand new HealthCast. But until then, if you like what you heard, make sure you're subscribed. Please leave a review and a five-star rating on the podcast platform of your choice. And hey, tell a friend. I think that a lot of you are going to be spending the holidays with friends and family. And what better gift to give them than the gift of knowledge of everything health IT? You can tell I clearly thought out that one in advance. Anyways, thank you all for listening. I'm Alexander Polova. And I'm Nikki Henderson. Thank you for listening. HealthCast, along with GovCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. 
And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.